Welcome to Game of Books Podcast. I'm Kathy in South Dakota. And I'm Christy in South Florida. We're two newbie writers who share our love of food, wine, and mystery through interviews with best-selling and award-winning authors. And our virtual book club. And even our fun writing lessons with writing experts. Join us on today's adventure. Hey, everyone. Hope your August is going well so far. Yes, and happy birthday to you, Kathy. Thank you. I hope you get to celebrate better than last year. (laughs) Last year. (laughs) Last year. Well, this year is going to be turning into who knows what. I know, exactly. That's what I'm a little worried about. (laughs) Yeah, all I want to do is relax and read my favorite author, you know, comes out with a book every year in July, Daniel Silva. What book is it this year? The Cellist. Ooh. Ooh, so good. Oh, well, I will have to read it as well. Yes, you need to. <laughs> but that's a definite tradition I love to hear about. So yeah. hopefully you get to succeed in that. <laughs> I hope so. <laughs> Reading will be lovely. Reading a little wine will be a great day. Yes, perfect. And it's my and anniversary too, so I can't. Oh, that's right. Oh my yeah. gosh. Yeah. Oh. So. Yeah, that cra- that's crazy. Yeah. I, I like to spread out the holidays. <laughs> We like to condense them, just get our celebrations all Yeah, get them all done. (laughs) Yeah, so um, today we have, we're revisiting an episode with another favorite author of ours, Jeff. Jefferson Parker. Yeah, Jefferson Parker. (laughs) T. Jefferson Parker is a just awesome guy. We met him at Sleuthfest when he was guest of honor in 2019, Mm -hmm. and we got to sit down with him and share bottle of wine and um and talk about his book and and the, I love this episode and um his wife is there we got to meet her she was absolutely lovely yeah a nice. glass of wine so fun it was fun it was fun I think that was his first podcast imagine that I think it was I think he had never done a podcast before and yeah. really we were pretty new too at that point yeah so. we were too we were all like a nervous we're nervous interviewing <laughs> this great author and uh, yeah. he's like oh I'm gonna be on a podcast Mm-hmm. So that's pretty it was great. fun. It was fun. Yeah. Um, but since then he's come out with a new book. Then she vanished. Then yes. she vanished. It is so good. He, you know, he's a great writer anyway. We yeah. know that about him. We know how much he he works on his craft, but I really love this series because it's this PI Roland Ford and it's set mm-hmm. in Southern California, kind of mm-hmm. desert and Mexican border. So it's it's just fun. I really it liked it. It's I, I think of his writing as kind of um, escapism crime fiction for some reason, because it just puts you in such a different place. Like you say, I yeah. love the setting. His main character's protagonist is just super cool. And yeah, and- yeah, I've almost I, I we just got it this week and I've almost finished reading it. Sure. <laughs> I just want to go. I want to go finish reading it right now. But yeah, after this true. episode, after this okay, episode, there you go. <laughs> Sounds great. Um, so listen, we will put a link on our website for everyone to order the book because it's in paperback now. Christy just showed us yes. if you're watching us on yeah. YouTube. So yeah, it's in save paperback, a little money. super affordable. Yeah, it's a great deal. Great. And um, now we hope you enjoy this redux of our Corks and Conversation with T. Jefferson Parker. We are here at Sleuth Fest 2019, the premier mystery writers conference in South Florida. And so excited to talk to some great authors who are holding workshops and giving talks here for both new and seasoned mystery writers. Yes, and we are so pleased to be sitting here with T. Jefferson Parker, 
the guest of honor here at Slewfest. His name is on the bags. That's yes, how it's on the bags. <laughs> <laughs> he is the author of 24 novels. He's a three-time Edgar Award winner and a New York Times bestseller. Um, his most recent book, Swift Vengeance, is the second novel in the Roland Ford series. Thankfully for all his fans, and us included, the third in the series, The Last Good Guy, comes out in August this year. And um, you mysterious foodies out there might remember that we featured his book, L.A. Outlaws, during episode three. <laughs> I, I recall this. Here's a hint, just to jog your memory, um, head in a jar, and that's all I'm going to say. That's all I have to say. <laughs> you can listen to find out. Okay, so Jeff, we're so happy that you're able to share this time with us. Well, I'm happy to be here. Thanks for the invite. Sure. Absolutely. So before we get into the conversation, as we normally do, we like to share a glass of wine with our guest. <laughs> and Jeff had shared with us that he likes a Bordeaux. Mm -hmm. So we... a, a cheap Bordeaux, which is what we like. Yeah, we... <laughs> everything's <laughs> under twenty dollars. Yeah. Yeah, I said cheap because I thought we get twice as much. <laughs> yeah, that's exactly <laughs> it. That's exactly it. So tonight we have we're drinking the Christy, you say it because you're a francophile. Uh, Chateau du Camarsac. Oh, mm. very impressive. Mm. From the Bordeaux region of France. All right, so let's take so a you taste. you guys can look it up when you're there. And cheers. <laughs> Thanks for joining cheers. us. Cheers. <laughs> cheers. Oh, we have an audience of one this evening, Jeff's <laughs> lovely wife. <laughs> so we're cheering hers too. Okay, so I'm going to read you the, the the notes on this. This is this is a pretty... I like it. I'm guessing a pretty French explanation for a wine. But Perfect. I'm, yeah, this is, this is kind of great. Um, it's a structured wine, complex... Powerful, round, with a long finish. The color is a beautiful deep purple, and the nose is intense and elegant, bearing fruity and spicy aromas, accompanied by toasty notes. After, here's my favorite, this is, this is my favorite part. After a nice attack, the evolution is fleshy and tannic. <laughs> <laughs> what does that even mean? I love it. I, like, I think it's a mystery writer that writes. I know. Right? <laughs> so I'm, I'm going to try again. I'm going to see if I can notice the attack and then my evolution here. Oh gosh, I think I feel attacked. I, I think it's actually lovely. It's I really know, nice. It's really too. Yeah, yeah, I didn't notice an attack, but I really did. Yeah, like I it. the attack part, but yeah. <laughs> okay, so now we've had a sip of wine. Let's get talking, and I'll start with a question about your latest novel. In Swift Vengeance, your latest novel, private investigator Roland Ford is on the trail of a mysterious killer who is beheading CIA drone operators and leaving puzzling clues at each crime scene. I'm starting to think you have a little thing for beheading, I'm just saying. Yeah, that has cropped up a couple times now, hasn't it? Anyway, Roland Ford has an interesting past as a Marine who served during the war in Fallujah, and that still haunts him. Um, what was your inspiration for this character? Roland Ford, he's my PI. He's, he's a composite hero for me. Like if I was an artist and got out a sketchbook and wanted to make a hero's face, it would be Roland's. But I'm a writer, so I, I put him in a book. Um, current day hero, you know, a guy who's dependable, a guy who tells the truth, a guy who's not overly um, political or prejudiced against any, any group or, or thing, um, a guy who has generally good morals and um, enough backbone and capability to, to back them up. He's kind of what I would look, he's, he's the kind of guy I would want to hire if I needed a PI to do something for me. Right. Yeah. Right. He's smart. He's, he's tech savvy and, he's, and he's, um, he can get information. He knows where to find out about people. So, um, 
Can you um, tell us anything about what he'll encounter in The Last Good Guy? Oh, yeah, I sure can. Yeah, he's um, he's going to stub his toe for the first time in a long time on uh, a woman that he really likes. He's a he's a Roland, as you know, is a he's a widower and he's been a widower for, I guess, about be five years when the next book comes out, The Last Good Guy. So he's kind of coming out of his um, his grief a little bit and his uh, um, his 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 state of being stunned um, with his wife's death, which happened suddenly. It's an air, airplane accident. Oh, wow. Yeah. So um, he, Roland's coming out of his hole and he's finding a woman who who uh, who comes to him in his office in sort of the classic noir tradition, oh, you know, awesome. where the where <laughs> the, the femme fatale comes into the office and Roland is aware of this and he tells he tells yeah. you the story and here she comes and she's got this story and um, and he of course has to has to say yes I'll try to help you and 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 he looks at her with both with both um, um, desire and dread at the oh. same time because he's just afraid that something bad's going to happen yeah you know? yeah absolutely that I mean, seems like writing the scene that you'd want to read I mean that's what I want good it's supposed to be I loved I writing it I had a blast writing it oh so, yeah. fun so when you um, when you hit, had written him as a widower did you know that someone like her was going to come in at yeah, some point yeah sure sure somewhere down the line it yeah. had to happen I mean that's half of what makes his personality interesting mm -hmm. is knowing that he's missing half of his life if you will mm -hmm. he's missing mm -hmm. his his beloved his yeah. peace who, who will never come back right. and so he's trying to fill that mm -hmm. um, um, but not over eagerly because that's you don't do that, right? You, know? right. you you are discriminating, and you're and you're and you're critical, and you're mm -hmm. and you're angry, and all that kind of stuff. Mm -hmm. So that's him. But when when this woman walks in with a, a job proposal for him, he uh, he hopes that he can help her. That's great. I know. <laughs> I love that. It's kind of like um, remember in L.A. Outlaws, you know, the Persian scene. You know, it's oh. like it's classic, but it's really good when you're reading it. You know, you're like, oh my god. Oh, we talked about that on the phone. Yeah. 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 Well, I talked about it on the podcast, I think. That yeah. was it, yeah. yeah. Okay. You felt like you were talking to us, didn't you? I did. We talked Jeff's a Game of Books podcast fan, I've been told. I'm yes, yes. yes. Okay. Um, so anyway, this, at this time, we usually like to do a little bit of an interesting thing. We do a craft <laughs> question. No, I don't know anything about this. No, I wasn't we, briefed yes. on this. We, okay. Okay. we did okay. withhold. <laughs> All right, so it is, they are fun questions, and you can always... <laughs> this is a this is an empty carafe. We pretend it's glass, and you can pass if you don't like this one, because as you can see, we have a few. All right. So well, who writes these? Just out of curiosity. Um, so come yeah. up with them together and also I'm either inspired by a game my family likes to play called table topics ah. and it's a game you know at sit down meals well especially like you know lengthy ones we like to go around the table and ask questions like this so uh, okay. welcome to the family cold winter's night sort of thing you just keep going on it's a South Dakota game okay so what product have you been tempted to buy something you saw on an infomercial oh yeah Pick up something. Need... Oh, have something. You, okay. Have you ever seen something on an infomercial that you've been tempted to buy? Well, yeah, gosh. <laughs> and have <laughs> you? I really wonder. That's, yeah. the, that's the follow-up I mean, part. Any... We might have to ask your wife this question. <laughs> yeah, that might be better for her. But I mean, I mean, anything that Joan Rivers used to sell, I, oh. I, I, I want it. You know, good news. <laughs> the jewelry? Is that <laughs> what she Quality used to sell? values. Yeah, yeah. That's awesome. <laughs> oh, my gosh. Yeah. Now you're wondering where all those gifts came from, right? <laughs> <laughs> I, I, we had this problem in our family a couple times, but it was when um, we had young children. 
And we were up in the middle of the night, you know. Oh. And at the time, when our kids were young, that was all that was on in the middle of the night. Right. It was infomercials. And my husband would confess a few days later that he had ordered some <laughs> totally <laughs> random crazy thing. It's like, oh, my gosh. Yeah. <laughs> I must say, I haven't done that yet. <laughs> all right. Let's try another little sip of wine here. It's our little okay. wine break. All right. Okay. And it's my time for some questions now. Unless I think of something. Mm-hmm. Right. For sure. Okay. So... Um, today, I heard you speak about writing Laguna Heat, mm-hmm. and I had no idea that you rewrote that as many times as you did while working a day job. I mean, you still had a full-time job. I did, yeah. And I, I find that very impressive, the tenacity that you had to keep going back while you were doing that. So, And most writers do have day jobs. Right. So yes. my question is, what advice do you have for writers that have day jobs and trying yeah. to get it done? And it's we could tough. Tell That's, the listeners it's, a little bit of the story too, because you yeah. do rewrite. Yeah, tell everybody the story. Okay. Do, so you, the, today, what I was talking about today. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. My first book was Laguna Heat, and I started that book when I was 24, and it was published when I was 30. And, and during those six years, I I, I rewrote the book five times. <laughs> And I threw Literally. the whole entire 500 pages away at the end of each year, noting as I knowing as I read the book that it really wasn't it wasn't good, it wasn't ready yet. And so I rewrote it five times, which is a lot. And um, the book grew immensely during the time I was doing that. And so at the end of that time, I actually finally had a manuscript that I that I believed in, you know. And um, but it was hard. Those are the hardest years of a writer's life when oh, you're when man. you're supporting yourself one way. I was a, a newspaper reporter for most of that time, and then a technical editor another paper-pushing sort of job um, for the rest of that time. And um, so that left me with um, um, after work, when you're tired, right. weekends when you want to goof off, and holidays, you know. But I was, I was just very, very stubborn, and I wanted, to, I wanted to write a good book, and I knew that that was what it was going to take. And I also didn't want to be a starving artist, so I always kept my day job because I wanted to, I wanted to have... You know, I want to be able to have a little car right. and yeah. eat and right. <laughs> stuff yeah. like all that. The normal stuff. stuff. Normal stuff. Yeah. Insurance, right. All that, all yeah. that good stuff. Yeah. Yeah. I remember one time um, driving to work, a Newport Ensign newspaper was close to my, close to my work. Uh, to my apartment and a little apartment and a little car and 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 a little paycheck and I, I remember one time you had you had to you had to take the ferry across from the island where I was living to the peninsula to the coast highway to the. To the, to the newspaper, and one Friday before I could cash my paycheck and stuff, I, I couldn't get to the bank, and I didn't have enough money to put gas in the car, so I had to leave the car on the peninsula and walk back to the ferry and take the ferry back across to my apartment because I was broke. Oh, you know? wow. And then, so yeah. being broke is no fun, and I didn't no. like that, and no. so I, I continued to work as a reporter and a technical editor as long as I could to, just to pay for the basics. Right. And really, yeah. you didn't have, I mean, most people don't have the option to say, I'm going to quit and, you know, write right. my novel for, right. no, you know. I didn't, I, I didn't, yeah. and I didn't, I didn't have a family. I mean, think if you're, if you're a mom or a dad yeah. and you're trying to get launched in a literary career, plus make some money for right. the household, um, tall order. And a lot of yes. people here at, at Sleuthfest are, are in that position. Right. You know, there are people who have, mm-hmm. obviously they have lives mm-hmm. and they want to write and it's like, when do I do it? So, right. you know, squeeze it in, you know. You squeeze yeah. it in. Yeah, I mean, the only good advice that I can really give that I think is true and would work is that really, if you can find an hour a day of, of, of your own time, if you can find enough in, in one day to write a page in a day, that's a 365-page manuscript at the end of a year. That's and true. a page a day, is, it's tough, but it's not impossible. Mm-hmm. It's a, I know, it's that's a, a good book. way to take mm-hmm. it, too. It is, you know, it is. Because it's not like 
when we tell our kids, clean the entire room. We're like, no, <laughs> clean this section first, okay? And well, then they can maybe point, do it. If you think about it in chunks. I mean, because yeah. it is a, yeah. it's a daunting task. Like, in, like you said today, maybe you'll have a great day where you're feeling really good and you've written a good, written a good sentence or a good right. paragraph and you feel so great, but then you think, I have got to do this times yeah thousands of you know and and then i but i gotta go to work tomorrow and i've got kids to put to bed and yeah yeah it takes the long view a lot lot of writers a lot of people are prone to um i want to be i want to be successful and i want to be prosperous and i want to be rich and famous by this time tomorrow right you know and it just for writers it just doesn't work it's not like gambling you can't it's not a quick it takes forever yeah i know and you know like i had i had said earlier that i thought i just thought that was such a tenacious just Example of you just every year going, I'm going to do it again. I'm going to do it again. Yeah. I just I know. Not many people. I don't know if anybody can do that. <laughs> I can't. Well, I'm stubborn. You well, are unique. Yeah. <laughs> that, that's impressive. That, and, and you stuck with the same story. Yeah. I did. <laughs> I know. Well, that's good. Yeah. Because it came out good. <laughs> and we got an HBO movie. It worked. It. Yeah, yeah. It yeah. And every year I saw it getting better, but I, I knew at the end of those early years that it wasn't good right. enough. So it's kind of Well, like, that's good that you could tell that, you know. Yeah, you've got to put the... Put the critics cap on sometimes. Yeah. Oh my goodness. Okay, so I did a little research and I had read Uh-oh. an article about mm-hmm. you giving a talk at Thriller Fest maybe five years ago-ish. And it was a Writer's Digest article kind of recapping and how you talked about uh, writing a novel as a, as a road trip. Oh yeah. I thought that was a great analogy. Cool. Yeah. But one of my um, favorite parts of it, actually it intimidated me, so that's why I'm asking. <laughs> <laughs> but was when you said you finally have to stop and decide on your destination. And you need those 24 words. Mm-hmm. Do you really do that for every novel before the novel each time? At some point during the writing of the novel, I will have to do that. And I'll have to clarify in my mind what the simple straight through line of the novel is. Because, as you know, you can, there's a, there are so many different ways you can go. Mm-hmm. You know, I, When I come to the endings of my novels, I, 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 look at, I can look at sometimes a half a dozen, ten really good quality endings that might work, that they're logical and they're, they're okay and they're a little bit surprising, but you gotta, gotta pick the right one. And so that, that 24 words or less, when you, when you have to be able to synopsize the story mm-hmm. and limit for yourself what you're doing and choose, choose the best of those, those paths is um, part, part, of the, part of the work. It doesn't, that for me doesn't come before I start. It comes during, during the writing, when I f- figure okay. out slowly what this book is really about. Right. So you've started and you've done your research yeah. and you've yeah. But then at some so point, are you a pantser to... or a plotter? Mm. I'm a pantser. Yeah, I'm a pantser, <laughs> um, but Until I always start point, with an outline, right? you know, because yeah. the publishers want them. Yeah. So I write oh, an outline. Really? Yeah. So, okay, that's yeah. interesting. Yeah. Sometimes it's just a page. Sometimes it's more, and I always give them whatever they want. But I and I always work hard on them because any, anything you can do as a novelist, a writer, ahead of time, is good. Right. That. Good. Ahead, ahead, good. Planning's good. But it's impossible to plan a 500-page book for me. So, you know, I plan what I can, and then um, I, I say what I can on my, my page or 10-page synopsis, whatever it is, for the publishers. And then I, 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 I try to stick to it, and I'll stick to that plot, that, that plan for the story, as long as I can until it absolutely make goes sense. up in flames. <laughs> and then, and then, then I've got to make a got to do something better. Okay. Yeah. yeah. Interesting. That was really interesting. <laughs> I like it. So one more question about today. So I, you left everybody. He, um, Jeff gave a keynote address today at Sleuth Fest, 
And you get, left all the writers with such a positive message. Oh, good. And I was hoping you'd share that with our listeners as well. Good. A lot of which are writers. Well, you know, I, I, I thought about that a lot, what to say to, to, to writers who are you know, the same as me and doing the same thing I was doing X years ago. And, and I think that the biggest enemy for writers is, 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 is two, twofold. One is, is, is that the, 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 the publishing world in New York of agents and writers and high-powered you know, international conglomerate houses and stuff is, is intimidating. And it is, you know. And um, I think that, um, that the antidote to that is to realize that those publishing houses need us. They need us writers badly. We make things, we're the ones who make things happen. You know, they're in the skyscrapers, but, but because of us. And so publishers and agents need us, and they need young writers and of, of all ages, you know. And the other thing that I think is important to remember is uh, um, to get you through your workday, your five pages a day, whatever, like you're talking about, is, um, is that writing should be fun sometimes. It's not <laughs> not fun all the time. It's, right. it's not fun a lot, but it's fun a lot, too. And when yeah. you can crap, whatever your standard is, whether it's you get a page you like or a, a sentence that you like or, you know, a, a character walks into the room, you didn't know what, what she was going to say, and she says something really good, you're you know, like, makes yes. your day. And they totally, yeah, and Mic drop in my office a little. Yeah, and it keeps you, it keeps you in it for it those does. 365 yeah. days when you come mm -hmm. into the house and you from your office and you put down one the one page that you wrote that day. Well, guess what? A year from now, today, it's 365 and it's yeah. cool yeah it, the fun helps it is I, I, like it. I think it's fun too. I thought that was such a great message yep. and especially today when all these um, writers have great opportunities to pitch some fantastic agents who are mm -hmm. here and you could cut the tension you know those writers <laughs> I, I, I might have been one of them feeling the tension you know sitting there preparing to meet with the agent and so mm -hmm. I thought that was so nice to remind good. everybody to have good. fun I hope it rang true with, with yeah, I'm absolutely. glad it rang true for you so, yes yeah. Yeah, it really did it yes, really did it was great okay fantastic we are so happy we're sharing this conversation. I know we've got one um, more yes. question that we like to ask for all of our mysterious foodies, as we call our listeners. Okay. This is an easy one. Okay. Um, so, which of your characters and all of your <laughs> lengthy number of books mm -hmm. would you like to share a meal with? Tom Straw, shut your ears. You're not supposed to hear this. <laughs> <laughs> which character? My character? Which of your, like? one of your characters, yeah. and what would it be? Oh, gosh. What would it be? I think. <laughs> I don't know. I think I would like to share a, a share a, a dinner with um with Mike Finnegan, who's a small red-haired man, closely related to the devil. <laughs> and, and, and I think that the dinner I would like to share with Mike Finnegan would be a um, a, a rare steak and uh, gin. Bombay gin martinis up with a twist. I think we could communicate. <laughs> oh, that sounds After that okay? drinking the martini, I yes. love that. That, okay. awesome. that sounds great. <laughs> My wife's just shaking her head. <laughs> <laughs> She's like, keep dreaming, keep dreaming. <laughs> that is an awesome answer. Yes, that's, that's not even a fair question, really. Though. I mean, that's no. a, that's a tough one. Yeah, it's no, fun. it's fair, but it's tough. But, yeah. We like to talk about food and wine, so that's so, yeah. what we like there to talk go. about. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Anyway, so um, just to recap, we've been talking with T. Jefferson Parker, and you can go out and get his current book, Swift Vengeance, and pre-order The Last Good Guy that comes out later this summer. I checked on Amazon today yes. and other sites, and you can pre-order right oh, now. Oh, nice. Yes. Good, good. <laughs> we made sure of it. Yeah. We did our research. Okay, so <laughs> Jeff, if, if, uh, which a lot of our readers are going to want to reach out and learn more about you and your books. 
What's the best way for fans and other um, writers to connect? Facebook, website, what do you... I'm kind of a website guy still, you yeah. know. I have a Facebook page, but I, I'm not on it much, to tell you the truth. Uh, website, for sure. Um, and I have a contact me sort of um, uh, email address, and I always answer those. I get them, wow. and I answer them. So um, I'm easily gettable on, okay. on, um, on, on the web, just through email. And um, yeah, yeah, That's really yeah cool. I'm, I'm, I'm open. Yeah. Okay. Thanks for joining us on today's adventure. Subscribe to our podcast on our website, gameofbookspodcast.com, or wherever you listen to podcasts. And if you liked what you heard, you can give us a five-star rating or review. You can also subscribe on YouTube, where you can watch and listen. On gameofbookspodcast.com, you can find all the information about what we talked about on this episode. And you can sign up for our newsletter or enter our fun contests and giveaways. We also post our stories and links on Instagram, Facebook, and Twitter. Hope to see you there. I can guarantee you we had fun today. And we hope you did too. Cheers. Cheers.